publish our podcast, episode 12. Today's episode is dedicated to Kamala Harris, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Stacey Abrams, and all the women who are out there every day, both now and in the past, who've made a difference in the lives of women, who are working hard to make sure that women of all ethnicities, races, backgrounds, religions, are treated fairly and equally. It's a day that we celebrate the achievements of minorities and marginalized voices. Today, if you're listening live, is January 20th, 2021, where we are going to have the inauguration of Joe Biden and his vice president, Kamala Harris, the first woman in the White House. There's so many firsts with this, but it's such an exciting day, and I am really excited to bring you this episode of an interview I recorded a couple of years ago for the Women in Publishing Summit with Desiree Peter Kimbell. Desiree Peter Kimbell impressed me so much when I heard her speaking live, and we really get into the topic of how important it is to spend time speaking with others who are different from you if you really want to have empathy and sympathy and an understanding of people who are different from you. We're going to talk about her program, her revolutionary program, The Chat and Choose, where she brings together people that are so different from one another so that they can start to learn and understand each other. While this is a podcast for writers, it's also a podcast for women who are trying to make a difference in the world through their words. And if you are new to me, if you are new to the podcast, I want to make sure that you know what we stand for, what our values are. I am an extremely compassionate person, learned through life experiences, through loss, through grief, but mostly because of the time that I've spent talking with people that are different than me, putting myself in places where I would learn from others who were not raised the same way that I was, who don't have the same skin color, who are don't share the same religious beliefs. And those small actions have made such a big impact on the way that I view the world and the way that I view people. So I'm very excited to share this interview today on this very special day where we can truly for one day, at least, have a day of, of hope and recognition of the achievements of women who have fought so hard to make a difference in this world for others, whether they are like them or not. Through the Women in Publishing Summit, we are an advocate and a voice and a platform for marginalized voices um, and for those who are in the in writing words and, and doing things to make a difference, in addition to all the other wonderful things that we talk about in the journey to write, publish, and sell a book. So just want to remind you, tickets are on early bird pricing. Head on over to womeninpublishingsummit.com when you're done listening to this and make sure that you grab your ticket. I am so excited to announce that Desiree Peter Kimbell is also going to be our closing presenter on March 8th, International Women's Day. And we're gonna continue this conversation about the importance of supporting others, supporting women who are different than you, having open dialogue with other people to get to know and understand them and why it's so important that women support women. 
And without further ado, I bring you my interview with Desiree Peter Kimbell. Don't forget, if you love this podcast, please leave us a great review. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please do grab your ticket to the Women in Publishing Summit. We are going to be talking a lot about diversity again this year. It's always a major focus of of conversation in our conference to make sure that those voices who have a little bit of a difficult, harder journey getting in front of the mainstream audiences are are brought to light as well. And of course, the conversations of why diversity in publishing is so important and why why all of this matters, why all of it matters at all. Summit.com. Enjoy this episode. Thank you. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been, and I felt what you're feeling, and I don't want to get in your way. Welcome to the Women in Publishing Summit. I am Alexa Bigwarf, your host of this in- Incredible, if I do say so myself, <laughs> week of really digging into the meat of all the things around writing, publishing, marketing, but even more importantly, digging into who we are as women in the publishing industry. And I think that's kind of the coolest thing about this entire conference is that we talk about things that you wouldn't hear about in a normal, if you will, quote unquote, publishing conference to include things that impact us as women, to include things that impact us as marginalized voices, and other things along that nature. And I'm really excited today to have you, uh, to have um, Desiree Peterkin Bell uh, with us because she can talk about all of these things. Uh, Desiree is an international best-selling author, seasoned and award-winning political and brand strategist, speaker, and advocate who seeks to lead movements, not moments. That that's the most powerful thing I've ever read in a in bio. <laughs> that advance the rights of women everywhere. As president and CEO of the public affairs firm DP. Bell and Associates. She has over 20 years of experience serving as a trusted advisor to an elite roster of clients, including several of America's most notable notable mayors, I did not expect that to be a tongue twister, and world leaders. After lending her brilliance toward the success of powerful men for much of her career, today she operates in her purpose, despite her change in position, to champion causes designed to amplify the voices of women of color and other marginalized communities. An accomplished woman who has had to fight to claim her place in rooms where she rightfully belonged, Desiree knows how it feels to face challenges and overcome them with grace. She's been battle-tested and scarred in some ways, and she's using those scars as a roadmap to help other women find the strength within to persevere and succeed. As a speaker, she is known for delivering engaging talks that encourage women of color to challenge the status quo and stand authentically in their personal truths. And I'm going to interrupt this bio for one second to say I have seen Desiree speak in person and it's not just women of color that she can um, 
get excited about because I absolutely loved everything that she had to say when I heard her speak at a conference about a year and a half ago. So we'll t we can talk about that more in a minute. But uh, So Desiree believes that in order for women to advance, they must no longer be silenced. And she is fully committed to curating spaces where their stories can be told. With her signature chat and chew events, she co-facilitates honest conversations on a variety of issues that affect women from race, culture, politics, and more in an effort to create dialogue and promote healing. These dynamic conversations held in LA, Washington, DC, Philadelphia, New York City, Tel Aviv, India, Panama, and London, to name a few locations, are poised to continue and make a global impact in the lives of women and girls. And all she does, Desiree's goal is to help create a world in which her young daughter can become exactly who she's meant to be without boundaries, limits, or fear. She works tirelessly to ensure women and girls all over the world will have the courage to rise up against anyone who try to stop them from walking in their purpose. Wow. I just love everything that you stand for. I'd like to say that I embody many of the same aspirations, but man, have you done such a phenomenal job carrying it out. <laughs> Thank you. I, that's the, and I'm still trying, right? I think part of this is acknowledging that you're still learning, you're still growing. Um, but if you put the vision out there, then it's easily attained if yes. you can believe it. So absolutely. Thank and thank you for being the host and for, you know, bringing in new voices. I, I really appreciate you. Of all the things I do, this is one of my favorites. So thank you for being a guest and taking your time out. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So yes, I am. Okay. I don't even know where to start. We could talk about so many things, but let's let's start with how I met you, how I first heard you, and how this plays into all of this. So Desiree and I are both co-authors in a book, Women of Influence, right? Women yes. Who Influence. Yeah. <laughs> She's done so many books now, I can't remember what, I'm like, wait, was I Women Who Influence, Women Who and, um And so we were at a conference, these are organized by a woman named Kate Butler, who was a speaker on the, on the Women in Publishing Summit last year, and she organizes a wonderful conference each year about visibility as power and all of these things, and Desiree was one of the speakers, and she just blew my mind because... I am, for those of you who don't know me personally, I am a very strong advocate and I call myself an activist light, but I do a lot more activism than a lot of people do. So maybe I should just give myself full on credit. But Desiree yeah. was up there talking about these chat and chews that we mentioned in the bio. And I'm just going to let her tell you about them. Sure. Well, Thank you. I started these chat and choose in 2016. And to be frank, it was after the election. So regardless of whatever side of the aisle people fall on, I think folks can remember mm -hmm. that it was uh, acknowledgement that the country was in a weird place in space and people were in weird places and spaces. Um, and I felt this crazy um, feeling of uh, not really knowing, not really realizing that I knew people I thought I knew. And I decided to have uh, a chat and chew, I called it. So bringing women together from different backgrounds to really have honest conversation about not who they voted for, to be frank, right. but to draw some similarities despite our differences, our outward differences. And um, the first one was truly amazing. It was eye-opening. Uh, and what I realized is on both sides, uh, or every side, I should say, we learned a lot more from people when we stopped and listened. 
and understood. Uh, and so I decided to take this on the road. And the second one was an interesting uh, chat and chew where we had a woman who, and I had no idea what I was doing. So just want to put that out there right now. Okay. <laughs> you see there was a need and went for it, right? Yeah, literally. And, 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 you know, part of that is, you know, the work that I do, which is, you know, you have to be bold in your approach. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, you'll always sit back and you'll be unafraid to tap your uh, feet into the water and to try something new. And so I had no blueprint. I had nothing. I just knew I had a passion and I knew that the first chat and chew was quite successful. So we put out a call for some other women and we received information about a woman who was a self-described white nationalist um, who, um, you know, participated in our chat and chew. And another uh, woman who was an advocate in Black Lives Matter movement, another woman who was in the law enforcement law uh, enforcement area, mm -hmm. um, another woman who was a, a mom, uh, tried a regular nine to five, and some other women uh, as well. And um, what we found after two and a half two and a half hours at the beginning, and then we had a second two and a half hours, so all together five hours. <laughs> It's a lot of talking time. <laughs> but we also had food at the table, which mm -hmm. I realized was kind of a way to get people to feel comfortable. Everyone mm -hmm. has to eat, or I hope mm -hmm. so anyway. Um, and so, you know, that actually drew people in um, and warded off a lot of the suspicion that people may have. And we realized that a lot of folks had a lot more in common than they had differences. The woman who was a self-defined, self-described white nationalist wind up talking to the woman who was a Black Lives Matter advocate, and they wind up talking about what they wanted for their children. Mm -hmm. And they wanted their children to have the opportunities that they both did not have. Mm -hmm. um, now, the way to get there was a little different, but at the end of the day, we focused on that similarity, that they yeah. both wanted their children to have better lives than what they had, what they have, and they wanted the visions of their children's futures to be full of opportunity and resources. Um, and so uh, there were a lot of, uh, there were a lot of things that folks learned about each other. Those two women today are still friends. Wow. And, um, I realized that we had a movement. And so we began to continue this convening of women. We had our largest convening with United States of, of women uh, in March of 2018, I think, May of 2018, I think, with 125 women. Wow. Partnering with, you know, United States of Women, which was the former first lady's um, love and, and brainchild um, when she was in uh, the White House, um, really paying homage to the power of women in leadership. And it was powerful. And I remember thinking, we have to continue this conversation. Yeah. Um, and so I try to do that today. I think, I think it's amazing. I, I, you, you went into a lot more detail um, about these two women at the, when I heard you speaking and it just like really, like it really struck me how important all of this stuff is talking writing, sharing our thoughts, sharing our fears, sharing our everything. And, you know, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about this power of our words and how sometimes, you know, I do a lot of focus on writing to heal and writing through that journey. And you were saying the same thing that often being able to write about this is yeah. so important. It's very powerful. What we found is, so while the chat and choose focus on the telling, right? So being mm -hmm. physically present, 
and being physically in the space and place to allow yourself at times to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we try to create a space for women to be their authentic selves. Yeah. We have not turned anyone away. Um, by the grace of the universe, we have not had any significant mishaps um, of people being unwilling to learn and listen and hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal here is to really be able to own your truth, yeah, be present, listen, and then to figure out how to move forward with that new information. Right. So that is, that's the goal of the chat and choose. And when we're telling our stories and we're writing, and we talked about this before, part of the power of writing your story is you sharing something with an audience that you're really not even sure who that audience is yet. And you putting yourself out in a place and space where you're going to be a little bit uncomfortable. I talk about uncomfortability because I think it's necessary. I agree. I mean, and you hear all these, you hear all these, you know, people talking about how real change can't happen until you put yourself in a place where, I mean, you hear about it with entrepreneurs, with writers, with everybody, like you have to get uncomfortable. You have to get out of that space of what is normal to you to push through and make, and make the magic happen really. Um, So go ahead. I said, and be open. I mean, I think, you know, I have to be honest, my personal experience in 2016 was, you know, when some stats came out about who voted for who, I began to look at different folks in a way that was like suspect, like, oh my God, do you see me? Do you value me? Do you value my presence or not? (laughs) And instead of walking around with this cloud of distrust, um, I actually decided to sit down and have honest conversations with folks and to understand it, to see where they were, what kind of world were they living in? What kind of world was I living in? What were the similarities in the communities that we come from? What were those differences? Yeah. And then to figure out a path forward. It, uh, the, the conversations, they're so important. And, and I remember looking at those stats afterwards and, and, feeling a lot of sadness of what the numbers showed and wondering from from a different perspective of like why why what would make you know why why aren't and I came to the kind of the same conclusion that it's about not understanding it's about not understanding and you know you've been on my podcast before we've had these conversations like there is a big big area where people do not understand what even the person right next to them is going through on a day-to-day basis or have. And as I've started this journey of trying to understand more, like it's been completely eye-opening to me. Things I had no idea were fears and concerns and good grief, the hair. I've been talking a lot about hair lately because it's like, I had no, I had no idea this was such a, an issue, you know, and all of a sudden you peel back the layers and it's like, not only is it an issue of, aesthetics but it's a health issue and it's you know like all these other things and then from the grief side you know the more and more reports that show how many uh, women of color are dying after childbirth and and why that's happening you know and it's not always because they're unhealthier it's because it's often because of a whole lot of other things happening in our society that isn't really related to this conference but is something I'm very passionate about but it does come back to 
using your words to heal, using your words to help educate other people, telling your story, sharing your story. If you're not doing any of those things, no one, no one will know. Um, before we go on to talking about the writing and using your authentic voice um, a little bit deeper, I do want to find out what's happening like in the next year. Are these chat and choose still continuing? Are you, are you traveling around the country? What are you doing with this? Yeah, so we're very excited about 2020. Um, we took a look at where we want to go, where we've been, and where we want to go in 2020. We will be announcing in March, um, or we'll be announcing in January, a very big chat and chew uh, event taking place in March outside of the country. Um, and this is really a call for women who are interested and really wanting to understand how to connect with other women who are very different from them. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be uncomfortable, if you are open to um, sustaining dialogue, not just at this event, but also beyond, then this will be uh, for you. And our goal really is uh, to figure out how women can better connect with each other. I've talked about this before in your podcast. You know, I truly believe, and this is a little controversial, but now people, I think, get it. <laughs> But there's a difference between an ally and, a, and an accomplice. Yeah. Now, the word accomplice, as I will acknowledge, typically is a negatively charged word. Mm. But when we're talking about social justice issues and issues of justice period and issues of showing up for other people, then it is a completely positive word. And in fact, it's more connected with action. Yeah. And so this event next year in March is going to really focus on building those connections with women, but really differentiating between being an ally and an accomplice. There are folks who say that they are allies of other women, of other people, of other groups, of other communities, but they don't allow themselves to be uncomfortable and challenge the status quo. Yeah. Accomplice means just that. I used this story the last time about a, a good friend of mine who at Thanksgiving after election in 2016, was completely panicked because she was sitting at her table and her father was saying all these crazy, racist, homophobic, discriminatory things at the Thanksgiving day table. And she's texting me crazy saying, I can't believe he's saying this. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And I text her back, why are you telling me? Right, right. I can't do anything. And in fact, you complaining to me does nothing. Well, why don't you tell your father? And, you know, and she's like, I can't. I said, but that's what is needed. That's what being an accomplice is. Standing up and voicing your opinion and being uncomfortable in the face of adversity, in the face of issues of justice, in the face of issues of things that you know that are wrong. Yeah. And so we're going to deep, you know, dive into this stuff uh, in, in March of next year. And I'm very excited about that. And then we have a couple of other cities that we're going to go to, some in the West, um, and uh, also a couple more in, I think we're going to go to New Jersey and we're going to go to LA again. And then we're going to go to, um, oh, I almost gave the place away. I can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't almost. wait to find out. <laughs> Gotta wait and find out. But it'll be posted on, on my website, which is www.desireepeterkinval.com. Um, so stay tuned for that. Awesome. That's, that sounds very exciting and totally right up my alley. So I can't wait to find out where the location is and if I'll be able to attend. Uh, <laughs> we'll, sh we'll share it. So this goes live the week of March 2nd. So we will share the announcement on the, oh, okay. on the 
Facebook page as soon as you make known. Perfect. So hopefully people will have seen it there, but okay. okay so um, I'd like to kind of, now that we've really set the stage on who you are and what you stand for and, and this whole idea of, of writing about bigger things, like how, how does somebody who is passionate about these topics, how do they find that voice and, and make a splash with it? I think the first thing I always refer to, I'm a big acronym person. I try not to be, but it's just easy for me. <laughs> I find that as I'm getting older, I'm like, what's the acronym? Uh, and so for me, it's PAB. So be fab and PAB. <laughs> and, and really it's about being present. Uh, a lot of times uh, folks may have difficulty writing, finding their voice. Um, because they're not really present in their situation, their context, or their environment. And there is power in that. So the first step for me is being present. And that means being completely aware of the things that you know and the things that you don't know. Mm -hmm. The second part of that is being authentic, being honest with yourself, being open with yourself. Um, you know, for example, um, I sat down recently and we're thinking of doing a chat and shoe series with women who have a disability. Mm. Um, and you know, there are things that I didn't even think about because I don't think about them and I have the luxury of not having to think about them. Um, and so, you know, I sat down and was able to be really open and honest with, no, I, I really never thought about, you know, when I go on a train, no, I don't think about, oh, well, how do you get, if there's only an escalator, where's the elevator? And how far is the elevator from where I need to get onto the train? I don't think about it. I don't have to, um, or a, another, uh, you know, a disability. And so, you know, it was in there that I realized that I had to be authentic and I had to be open and honest with things that I just don't even think about. And that's not to say that I'm intentionally forgetting. It's just where I am. Um, but I want to learn. I want to be open. You know, I don't want to seem aloof. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the second part. And then the last part is being bold in telling your story. So once you have presence, once you realize the context in which you exist, you are present, you are there, and you are open and honest with yourself. You're authentic, mm -hmm. not afraid to be uncomfortable. Then the last part is being bold. And for different people, that's going to mean different things. Yeah. I think when you're writing, that means simply sharing your authentic space, yeah. sharing what you know and what you don't know. You know, I, I think that is such an excellent point. And I started my writing journey as a blogger. And I remember at one point in time, there's a, there's a woman named Jen Mann who wrote about the elf on the shelf and wound up with like millions of followers because of her hilarious um, writings about this stupid elf on the shelf. And um, sorry if anybody's a huge elf fan there. But um, anyway, I, I, I one that, point like, in time, my life for a year, by the way. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ours died. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> the kids kept touching it. So, you know, you only get so many trips to the hospital before you don't come back. I mean, life lessons, right? <laughs> oh, people thought I was horrible when I did that, but that's another story. Anyway. Um, so I, I, so I was seeing her success and how she just like continued to just get all of these people coming in. And I asked her at a conference that we were at together, I said, I'm writing about important topics. I don't understand why people aren't 
coming and reading them and sharing them and all these kinds of things. And, and, and we, I had shared some of my writing with her before and she was so honest with me. She said, you haven't picked a side. She's like, every time you write something that's even the slightest bit controversial, you pop yourself right in the middle, you jump right on the top of that fence and you don't budge. And I was like, but I don't want to offend people. I don't want to upset people. I want to see it. And she was like, that's fine if that's the way you want to write, but people don't, people don't follow that. Like there has to be some, you have to pick, you have to be on one side or the other. And that speaking of getting uncomfortable is super uncomfortable for me. It is. I mean, I, so, huh. That's a tough one for me, I'll be honest, because in a lot of ways, I am very clear about some stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, nope, no way in right. heck that's happening. But I am also a very nuanced person. Yep. And so, and I'm, I'm, I try to be open and honest about that nuance, you know, and some of those things are very controversial, you know, to be frank, um, whether it's a woman's right to choose while I'm, right. you know, for that. Um, I also... And if I ever said this publicly, people would probably come find me, but um, I do believe that folks need to be able to show that they can provide for a child. Um, I I can understand that. I have one daughter and um, went through uh, recently a miscarriage and, um, you know, it is always amazing to me that the only thing you have to show when you leave a hospital is the fact that you have a car seat. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, and so not that, you, not like pictures of where the baby's going. Right. It's like, <laughs> here's the bed. Look, um, but a car seat and, and, and that, especially having gone through my own personal loss, was a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to, you know, you, you start to think and look at things differently. And I think people's experiences shape their opinions. That's natural. That's what yeah. humans do. And so while I, I kind of agree about picking a side, I do understand the nuance of so many things. Yeah. Live in a nuanced world. I agree. And I uh, don't think every topic you have, I, I, you know, when we were having this conversation, I don't think she necessarily meant like you have to be strong heart. Cause, cause like, I mean, so many issues there are, there are yeah different sides of it that you, and I do try to always weigh things out for like, this is, you know, something, but I do agree with her that in order to like really have people follow you, they have to know what you stand for and what you stand against. And if you're always in the middle, then it's really hard to, to draw that line. So, um, but, but I, you know, but to your point, it's like, sometimes you just have to get uncomfortable if you're going to, you know, be a voice for change or a voice for anything bigger than just where we are right now. Um, And be honest. I mean, and I think that's where, you, I think that's what she was trying to say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Out, right. But I would be agree. Honest about, well, here's what I'm struggling with. Right. Right. Here's my struggle. Right. <laughs> and here's you know what? what? I think that's what she came back with because at the time the elf was super, super popular. Like it was a very, uh, um, well, she thought it was a very unpopular opinion to hate the elf on the shelf because everybody else was just talking right. about, you know, all the fun things they're doing with it. So she wrote a rant on it one night expecting that, you know, people were going to throw rotten tomatoes at her. And like, people were just like, me too, me too, right. me too. I, 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 I was like, you know, so like, 
wow, wow, this is what happens when you... Right, right. they're looking for someone to be like, you say it first. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so, okay, so when you, um, what words of advice do you have then if somebody does want, I mean, because, wow, like, I keep thinking that we're going to get to a place where things are not as charged, but we just live in a charged all the time environment. Yeah. It's gonna, I mean, it's funny. It's funny. Someone asked me the other day if I thought uh, communities were more separated today than they were 50 years ago. Um, and again, nuanced question for me. Right. Um, because I do think it depends on where your community is yeah. um, and who's in your community, to be frank. Right. Uh, and so I always pause for a second and I always remind people that. Um, you know, communities or policies and policies and people's large opinions are shaped in these small communities. Mm -hmm. If anything is going to change, it's going to happen because you talk to your neighbor, you know who your neighbor is. Mm -hmm. You invite someone you didn't know to your house to get a better understanding of who they are, right? You're more inviting, you're more welcoming, you're more friendly, um, you're, you're more willing to be uncomfortable. Right. And I think that Interestingly enough, as I travel all across the country, I see a lot of that. I see a lot of people who are willing to open the door, hold the door, say, you know, I got you. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll help you. How can I be helpful? Yeah. I do think the loudest people in the room, right, oftentimes, just like in communities or in the country, um, are the negative folks, mm -hmm. you know? And so my, my, my challenge to those folks who are trying to build more sustainable communities by being and creating open dialogue is for those folks to speak up more. Yeah. It's I for agree. Those folks to be more, uh, to be more bold about the things that they are doing, because I think only then will this idea of division basically maybe not eradicate because that's who we are as a country and yeah. have different things but dissipate yeah yeah i agree um and and you know writing can be such a whether i would like to say this too you don't have to be writing like um nonfiction pieces. I mean, there are some great works of fiction that demonstrate these things as well. Um, in one of the previous interviews, we were talking about the book, which you may, you're in Atlanta, I believe, right? You may be from- I'm in New you, York. Oh, you're in New York. I have a place in Atlanta too. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but the book, I'm Not Dying With You Tonight, have you heard about this? Oh, I have not. Uh, I'll have to send you the link to the book. It's um, written by a, um, a black woman and a white woman. And it's a story of a bus that basically gets trapped in the middle of one of the riots, one of the um, riots after a um, um, one of the young men was killed by a police officer. Okay. And so there's this riot and they get trapped on this bus together in the middle of a riot. And it's it's their oh, wow. stories of how they're their perceptions of what's happening that night, what's happening in the world, what's going on around them. And, um, but it was, it, it's, it's a fiction book, but based obviously on things happening in our mm -hmm. society. And it was just really, I haven't finished reading it yet. So I, but so far, like I got to see the authors in person as they talked about the book and it was really I just thought such a fantastic idea of them to take, because talking about not, you know, writing about what you know, right. Well, bringing the two people together that, that know both of those sides and then right. 
putting it together. I mean, it's smart that I love that. I, and it's really about art imitating life also, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, we were talking about as you're writing, as you're writing, finding your narrative, finding your voice. Um, you know, I will be honest, I've, I, there was a young lady who was a writer. She's a, a mentee of ours. Um, uh, my husband and my, uh, and, and mine, and, and, and she's really interested in capturing people's stories and she's not quite sure, you know, how to tell her own. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we've gone through the process of being present, being authentic, be bold. Um, and then we realized that she can be a very powerful vessel mm -hmm. to help people tell their stories. Mm -hmm. And so she has been, um, you know, blessed with sitting down with different women and helping them tell their stories. Um, and, and that is another way of being present, being authentic and being bold in terms of how do you tell your story, but also how can you help others tell their story? I mean, Kate did that with us as well. Yeah. Right. And so part of it, you know, everyone's trying to figure out what's my part. What can I do? What can I do? I'm afraid to say, you know, my story a hundred percent, but maybe it's sitting down with someone who, who you think may have a similar story as you or a completely different one. Right. And being a vessel, capturing their story, capturing their words, writing that down, and then being able to convey that message. Yeah. And you, that, I mean, that is powerful, but then also I, I think that as you were speaking, it kind of sparked this idea in my mind of how, if you're going to be a good storyteller in general, and this is across all genres, memoirs, nonfiction, fiction, wherever children's books, like taking the time to sit down and hear other people's stories yeah. will only help you be a better storyteller. Fair you enough. know, having that understanding of, of things that are going around, around, on around you and, and how other people process things. I mean, how much more depth can you make the people in your book when you understand the way different people operate in different environments? A hundred percent. Some of the information that we've captured from these chat and shoes, we're not quite sure what we're going to do with it yet. We do, mm -hmm. we do see a book in the future, but we'll see. But um, sitting down with women from a small town in Western Pennsylvania and having them tell me about the power of, um, you know, coal mining, what happened in their town, and then Black Lung and how that took their grandfather, their son, their brother, was powerful for me. You know, I'm from an urban community. We don't have Black Lung. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, why is your lung? I, mm, right. Or, you know, simple things like, why are you working in a coal mine? Mm. Right. Well, <laughs> right. But to understand that for some folks, this is a generational thing. This is yeah. a, I'm yeah. going to do this because my grandfather did this and because this, and this is what we it's do. all we know. This yeah. is all we know. And it's good work. Yeah. And that's what we have in our town. And here's my life is in this town. And so to your point, yes, part of being able to tell those stories, even your own, is being able to sit down with folks who are different from you because then you have a broader perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can, you know, have a little more uh, nuance yeah. about, you know, what message you are conveying and what your narrative is. You know, I think about some of the hot button issues right now that are happening in politics. Name any of them. Abortion, <laughs> what's happening at the borders, like all of those things. I mean, the biggest problem that people have in trying to is they don't understand the story they don't understand what's happening i mean what could make a mother 
walk 3,000 miles with her child. We can't fathom that because none of us have ever lived in a situation where life was so bad, we would pick up what we could carry on our back and our little children and walk for thousands of miles. Like when you start thinking about that part, then all of a sudden everything else becomes more human to you too. And it's with, it's with any kind of story. Like if you, if you're, if you're going to change the world, if you're going to be authentic, if you're going to share stuff, like you have to, you can't just understand your voice. You have to understand other people's voices. You have to, it's the world we live in, but also to, you know, dig a little deeper. I always ask people this question whenever we're talking about child separations and the controversy surrounding that Mm -hmm. and policies is what are you willing to do for your child? Right. I just, I leave that and I had people write it down. I just say, what are you willing to do for your child to protect them? Mm-hmm. What? Right. I mean, and then people all this and they're like, yeah, but this person, I'm like, and how do you know? Here's the right. story, right. right? What are you willing to do to protect your child, to protect your family? You know, when you put it in perspective, then it changes sometimes, most of the time, it changes people's perspective. You know, it gives them context. Um, and to be able to actually, you know, respond now in a way that they didn't know. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a, the power, the power of the story is yeah. literally life changing. <laughs> it's powerful. You know, I mean, I think storytelling, no matter how you cut it, whether you are writing, whether you are an orator, whether you are being a vessel and helping someone else determine their story or convey their message, I think all of these things, the similarities are you have to allow yourself to be uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, Uh, yes. And I I think there's power and purpose in that. I think that is part of our humanity. I think that's part of how we grow, part of how we define, how we respond to each other. Um, And in some cases, that's also how we can define our societies and, and be much more of a um, uh, I don't want to say forgiving, but a welcoming society. Yeah, agreed. Well, this has been an, an amazing conversation, as they always are with you. Thank you for you know being so honest and and sharing. And I I love that you and I can sit here and have these conversations on topics that, frankly, a lot of people are afraid to even open their mouths and discuss. So <laughs> you know, and it just I would I would talk to you all day long but I want to um, say thank you to you because you know you can actually teach a lot of other folks a lot of things (laughs) and part of it also is you know you've created a vessel to allow people to convey their message but you've also put yourself in a position to be uncomfortable and to acknowledge things that you know and things that you don't know you know I think that there's power in that and you know kudos to you because this is a lot of people need to do a lot more of this, a lot more. Well, this is me trying my best to be an accomplice. So <laughs> thank you for teaching me that. But no, I, I agree. And and hopefully, you know, I mean, maybe just one interview like this is enough for someone else to say, this is something I'm interested in writing about or talking about or blogging about or podcasting about or, or you know, whatever, talking to my neighbor about. And it, it really is, it, you know, I mean, we can only, we can, I think, I, I, I don't know what the demographics will be this year. Generally about 50% of our audience is a mother or a caregiver of some mm-hmm. sort. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, women 
kind of fall into that role regardless of whether we have our children. We always tend to be that 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 person, right? And I think that as we operate as women and we realize, you know, that we do have a, 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 an ability to make things better for the next generation, whether it's our children or our nieces and nephews or our neighbor's mm-hmm. children or our best friend's child or whatever, like... I think I'm I'm so hopeful, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm so hopeful that what we are what what we are, are starting now is going to have a tremendous ripple effect. And I'm really hopeful at looking at the um the teenagers right now. Oh yes. As crazy as they can be, there's some that really impress me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I think and that's a whole other show. Yeah, um, right. A hundred percent. I think number one, it's already happening. Yep. Right. And so, especially with our teenagers, and I, you know, I impress upon this, my daughter, who's a preteen, is build connections. Just don't send an Instagram post or a, or, you know, a Snapchat or, you know, like go go to your friend's house and have your friend come over here and Mm -hmm. let's meet and let's connect because I think there is power in connection and you're setting the bar here by setting an example of power of connection and really opening your lineup for voices um, all over, varied voices. And I think particularly with young folks, teenagers, we're going to have to teach them because a lot of those teenagers are digital. Yeah. Right? That's a digital generation. Yeah. So every single thing they do is online, right or wrong. And, you know, I think here's where the power is again of building that connection, you know, hand to hand, face to face, person to person. Agreed. Um, one more time, tell everybody where they can find you because I know everyone's going to be flocking. Yeah. <laughs> So my website is www.desireepeterkinbell.com, www.desireepeterkinbell.com. I'm also on Twitter at, at DPBell and Instagram at DesireePeterkinbell. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was, I enjoyed this conversation so much. Thank you. You energized me. Oh, yay. <laughs> Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time. Bye.